Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Breaking news here at Everything Iconic. The Real Housewives of New York is being split into two. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast today. I'm Danny Pellegrino. We got to talk about Roni right off the bat. Variety's Kate Arthur reported that The Real Housewives of New York is not only going to get a fresh reboot, revamp, new cast in the main series, but they're also spinning off and doing a separate Real Houses in New York, tentatively being called, I think, The Real Houses in New York Legacy or, or something like that. It's going to be all ex-former cast members in one group. Now, this is a way for us to get all of our legacy cast members that we know and love. We're going to get Luann, Sonia. I'd imagine Dorinda's going to be back. And then I think there'll be a new separate show, which Andy Cohen was saying in the interview with Variety, is going to be a fresh, diverse new cast uh, for the Real Houses New York main, what do they call it, flagship series. So there's going to be two Real Houses New York, two, two Ronies. And I think we're all sort of processing this information, what it means, where we go from here, who we'd like to see back in the Legacy series. I'll tell you my main concerns right now. The number one concern is that uh, they kept referencing in the interview that the Real Houses New York Legacy series will be uh, was uh, inspired loosely by the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip, which I love Ultimate Girls Trip. I thought it was fantastic. We got season two of the Ultimate Girls Trip coming later this year which I'm very excited about. But my concern is that with the Ultimate Girls Trip, those seasons are seven episodes. There's no reunion, right? So my hope and my prayers, I'm lighting my Dorinda Medley prayer candle in hopes that the Legacy Roni series with all the ex-cast members, whether that's on Bravo or Peacock or wherever we're getting it, I'm very excited that we're doing it. But I just hope that it's going to be a full series. So I'm hoping for 18 episodes plus a reunion, plus one of those shit they should have shown episodes at the end of the season where it's just like uh, deleted scenes or whatever. That's what I want for the Real Houses of Legacy series. And then I'm also very excited for them to recast the Real Houses of New York main series with a diverse group of friends. And I think... I prefer a full reboot because I think that in casting from scratch, you really get to get a, a solid group of women who have connections already, and you're not trying to force the chemistry. So I think that's one of the benefits of The Real House of Beverly Hills or Salt Lake City or Jersey, where uh, initially they were cast for chemistry together. And so I think the main series, we could find a group of women who is who are diverse and who do know each other and have existing relationships and all of that kind of stuff. So I actually, I don't know if this is a popular opinion, but I hope that they get rid of everyone for the main series. I hope none of them come back. I hope uh, none of them are there. I hope it's a completely new group of women that I could get to know and fall in love with. And I'm confident 
that Bravo's not going to screw it up with their casting. I think that they will really put enough time and effort to make sure that it's good. And then, you know, Roni's my favorite show of all time. And this past season was truly not great. It was uh, horrific, as they say. And so I'm hoping that they get back to basics and they bring us all the legacy cast members that we know and love. I'd like to see Luann. I'd like to see Dorinda. I'd like to see a Tinsley return. You know, I love game set. Now I need a match. She still needs a match. So I want to get back in there in the legacy series. I'd like some closure on the situation with Tinsley and where she's going, where she's at with Dale. I miss Dale. Dale like to get her back in there. I wouldn't mind a little Jill Zarin. I actually don't know if we need a full-time Jill Zarin, but I want Jill Zarin around because to me, she's classically Roni. I'd love to see a Kelly Bensimone pop in. I'd even love to see a Cindy Barship. I'd love to see what's Cindy Barship up to. Let's get some cameras on Alex McCord over in Australia, the Down Under. Let's see what her and Simon are up to. Uh, I, I want to see them all. I want to see them all. I even... Take Hala Thompson, take some Kristen Takeman. I don't care. I'd see all of them. Jules, I want to know what's going on with Jules. I always said justice for Jules. I think she should have had a second season. I know she was getting divorced, so I think the husband wouldn't let her film, and there were some problems. But remember, she had the problem with the hoo-ha and the windowsill, and I felt like I never got closure on that. You know what I'm talking about? With the Didn't she say the hoo-ha was like a peanut that got cracked on the windowsill? I can't quite remember the details of that situation, but you know what I'm talking about. Long-time Roni fans know what I'm saying. Uh, and then remember, she also, she hid the, they were at a restaurant and she hid the utensils in the calzone that she made. I mean, that was a time to be alive. And so I'm very excited that they're just doing two shows. Again, I just want to encourage Bravo, don't do one of these limited series. Don't do just like seven episodes. I want a full season, a full 18, 20 episodes, plus a three-part reunion, plus a extra bonus episode at the end of it. Don't care if you air it on Peacock or Bravo. I don't care who's funding it as long as somebody's funding it. Although I do sort of hope it just goes to Bravo because as much as I love the Peacock, I do have some complaints when it comes to budgets on the Peacock because if you watch The Real House of Miami, they threw all those women in a trailer together for the reunion. They weren't having their own dressing rooms. They were just in a truck on a food truck on the street is where Marisol was changing and next to Gertie. They were all, all of the cast was stuffed in a food truck on the streets of New York. And I thought, what's the budget going on here? So I, I hope at least for the legacy series, even if it is on Peacock, I hope Peacock loosens the purse strings a little bit and they're not just throwing, uh, Kristen Takeman and Kelly Bensimone in a truck, uh, on the streets of New York to film a reunion. You know, we need to get some money in there. So also we need the money for the cast trip over on Miami. I mean, the cast trips, they were a little bleak. And so I'm going to just need to make sure that whoever's funding all of this, I don't know if we need to get some outside investors on, got to start GoFundMe, whatever we got to do, Bravo. I just, I need the cast trip. If Alex McCord doesn't want to be in the cast, then we need to get the cast trip to go to Australia for this one. I need to see them down under. I need to see them down under. So I'm very, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm cautiously optimistic. Although I got to say, I don't know if you have that app, the Time Hop app, and it shows you your social media, like what you posted a year ago and what you posted. And a year ago, I think it was maybe even a little over two years ago, or I don't know what it was, but it showed up on my Time Hop app that I was very excited for the season of Roni that ended up being the flop season of Roni. And so I was cautiously optimistic. And I think I said on this podcast that it was going to be a great season. They wouldn't screw it up. And then they did screw it up, unfortunately. And so I... I'm cautiously optimistic. I do think Bravo realizes, especially I was reading that interview with Andy, 
And I think Andy and the whole team over at Bravo, they recognize that they made some mistakes with Roni. They maybe shouldn't have filmed at the height of the COVID pandemic. Maybe they had some casting problems. They didn't have enough people in the cast. So I think they are righting their wrongs. I think they're ready to right their wrongs. And I don't know when that announcement came. I have the no. chill. No. I don't know what this means. I'm also kind of concerned about timeline-wise. When are we filming? When are we going to get cast announcements? Because this announcement came, but there was no actually information about casting. It just said, we're going to take our time with it. And I want them to take their time and get it right. But also, I don't want them to take any time. I just want them to start filming so that I get my fix. Okay? I contain multitudes, and although I want them to get it all right... I want them to mention it all. Also, in the interview with Andy, they asked if like Bethany would be part of it. And he's like, she probably wouldn't want to (laughs) be. That made me laugh. That made me laugh. She don't even live in New York, but he's like, yeah, she probably don't want to do it. And, you know, all the other women will want to do it, which is what's important. Uh, But I wonder, could Carol come back? I know Carol seems to not like the network and the network doesn't seem to like Carol, but maybe is there there a world we get Radzibel back? Ramona, everyone was calling for a firing, but now that there's a separate legacy series, are we going to have Ramona back? I mean, how do you do a legacy series when Ramona really is the part of the fabric of the Real Houses of New York? And then also, I wonder how pissed some of these women are. I wonder, Luann's probably so pissed because now she's relegated to the legacy series. I don't think we're going to have Luann back on the mainland series. And is she pissed about that? Because I'm assuming that means she's at the very least going to take a pay cut. Because, again, I don't know that we have the budgets in the Legacy series. And certainly if they're starting a separate series, that means all new contract negotiations. So, Luann, even if they bring her back, which I'm sure they will bring her back to the Legacy series. I'm positive about it. Lou is going to be waking up in that fish room before uh, 2024, for sure. But I don't imagine that she's going to get paid the same. And so she's probably pissed. Luckily, she's got the cabaret. She's still touring inexplicably. Inexplicably touring it. People are still going to that show, and I probably will the next time it's in town. Don't get me wrong, but it's not something that any of us should be going to. But are we? Of course. Uh, so she's going to get a pay cut. I'm concerned about Sonia Tremont Morgan because this also means the timeline. Who knows when we're going to start filming? What's Sonia going to be doing? Our Sonorita. Uh, in the off season, because it's already been uh, every time there's a long off season, I worry about our Senorita because I just don't know what she's going to get up to. We saw Luann was drunk at the gay bar, and it's only a matter of days before Senorita gets into some trouble publicly because we know uh, when there's too much time off, that's when Sonia's tends to go a little bit more wild. She tends to do the the thing where she goes and gets everything together at the spa, which. I think is a code word for rehab. I mean, I'm not saying that for sure, but I am implying it. Uh, I just think that then after that, she gets really healthy and then something happens where she's in the news and there's like some page six headline that I worry about her because I only want the best for Sonia. I only want the best for Sonia. And so, I don't know, we're going to have to watch what happens live. We're going to have to go to bravotv.com for more information. But I am feeling excited and at least I'm feeling like we're we have a path forward. Because that's what I was most worried about with Roni. It was like, what are we doing here? What's to happen? And now I feel like there's forward momentum. And I think they're listening to the fans of the show, which is great. And I hope they continue listening to us. I sort of think the fans are mostly going to be concerned about the Legacy series, right? Like, I sort of trust that in the main show, they'll get a good cast and it'll be fine. But I sort of think we all just are concerned about the Legacy series. Maybe am I wrong? I think that's all we care about. And so I just, my hope is that they put the effort into that one. 
because we're all going to be eyes on that one. Eyes on the prize. And Kelly Benson, where are you at? I hope you're shining your boots because I'm going to need you to shine in your athletic shoes. I'm going to need you running on the streets of New York in front of a cab and a camera because that's what I need to see in the Legacy Series. And Alex McCord, where are you at, girl? Cindy Barship, what's going on with you? I hope you get in that Vajazlin spa nice and clean in case cameras need to come in there. I hope that Vajazlin, what's the name of that? She's got the Vajazlin spa, right? What's it called? Um, It's a, a vagina spa. I'm not sure what it's called exactly, but it's a vagina spa, and I'm going to need sure make sure that she's got some people in there cleaning, making sure things are nice and shiny in case the cameras need to come do some test footage. Jill Zarin, I need a, a camera on Allie. I'm going to need everyone, all hands on deck. Allie, get in there. I know Allie's been making masks, and I don't know what else Allie and, and Jill are doing, but I'm going to need all hands on deck. And I'm going to need a, a, everyone to come to that Legacy Series ready to play. Okay, you hear me, Kristen Takeman? If, they, if you get a call, Kristen Takeman, I'm going to need to make sure that you're in there. And by the way, I don't think, I don't think that they call Leah for the Legacy Series, right? Or Ebony, because I just don't imagine if it seemed to me that for the Legacy series, they want the kind of like older broads that we kind of grew up with in the early days of Roni. So I just don't imagine uh, Leah and I, I just, maybe I'm wrong. But then what happens then? So are Leah and Ebony just because it all, I also read that interview as if the main show is completely being recast. So it made it seem like I think the interviewer Kate had asked about. Uh, Ebony, if she had some friends, and Andy sort of said, well, yeah, she has a diverse group of friends that are all getting along, that we do casting, great. But it kind of seemed like he was blowing it off as if, no, we're doing a full new cast. That's how I read it. And so what happens? What I know Ebony's on that CBS show, but what's is Leah going to be on some other network reality show? Uh, maybe Celebrity Big Brother? I mean, they're casting some of the ex-housewives that just had Cynthia Bailey on. Uh, I have so many thoughts, you guys. I feel like I'm just... By the way, did you like my breaking news sound effect? <laughs> I was frantically <laughs> I was frantically searching for free uh free breaking news sound effect online so that I could add it to the soundboard for our Roni news because I need it. We needed it. We had so much we needed to talk about. And of course, we got to talk about the Real House of New Jersey. We got to talk about Orange County. I mean, do we really have to talk about Orange County? I mean, we're going to, but I don't know that there's much to say. <laughs> Orange County needs to do kind of the same thing, a legacy series or something. Because i got to be honest, I fell asleep in the middle of this week's Orange County episode. And then there was a moment where I paused it because I noticed my eyes were starting to close. And so I paused it and it said half. I was only halfway through and I swear I thought there was like one minute left because I was, it felt like I was watching it for a lifetime. And so I hit pause and it was like halfway through and I'm like, Oh fuck. And I really awoken then I was starting to fall asleep and then my eyes blurted open. I was like, fuck, I have a half an episode left. I got to take notes on. Uh, I was so bored. I was so bored, but I do have some thoughts that I got to get out about Orange County. And I know we missed a couple weeks of the Orange County recap. So we're going to have to dive back in, but uh, Orange County, uh, SOS on Orange County, because I'm not sure what's going on. And they even know it's bad, too, by the way, because we'll get into this. But they showed that another trailer for next week's episode at the end. But it was a different kind of trailer to try to hype us up because the producers knew it was a flop episode. They knew it. That was them telling us they know this show is shit. Okay, they know it. And they're no one's going to say it, of course. No one from the network is going to say, hey, we know this is a bad episode. 
but they were basically saying it in the edit when they showed they were like five days later and they they made a casita but in black and white. We'll talk about that. We got to talk about Jersey. Jersey is delivering. I'm loving Jersey. I'm loving it. Uh, I know we've talked about this before, but I just also have to point out uh, Melissa's tagline again because it doesn't make a fucking lick of sense. And I just need us to all acknowledge that again. I know we have before in the past, but Melissa's tagline, some people are born great and some are born Jersey. It doesn't make any fucking sense. And we just, I just need us all to take a moment again, again, to accept it. And now we can move on. Okay, let's play a clip from this week's Real House Slice of New Jersey. This is my workout line. I brought it for you guys. Ah, this is nice. It's like, what the hell is this place? Are you afraid of heights? Yeah. Like, maybe I'll go up with some people that I really don't like so I can throw them down. I'm not in a good mood, so this is not going to be good. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm not in a good mood, so that's I'm just not in a good mood. I'm going to throw you off the ledge. I'm going to throw you off a building. Like Teresa just showing up, <laughs> giving people a gift. I loved that so much. Teresa just showed up with gifts for the whole cast, even the ones she hated. I mean, there were eight bags there, or however many bags. She had a bag for everyone, even Tracy, the one she's ready to throw off the ledge. And Margaret, she's not happy with Margaret either, the two of them. And she showed up, she's like, I don't want to be here. And I like a housewife who's honest. And Teresa was completely honest and then said, hey, I'm going to probably try to murder you all on this ropes course because I hate you. And I respected that. She just said it how it is. Said it how it is. Now we open, uh, we open with our little montage of all the women and we see Jennifer's kids arguing about woodchucks chucking wood. And I just have to say, Jennifer's kids are thinkers. They're independent, free thinkers. And I just want to salute them because I love Jennifer's kids. And I like that they're looking into this. They're looking into the how many woodchucks chucks wood or whatever. You know, is that saying? How much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? That's what it is, right? Man, I was, I used to be so good at that. You know, when you're a kid and you run around saying all those sayings, it was like, Peter Piper picked a pack of pickled peppers. I was one of those kids who like, I fucking loved a tongue twister. It was like, (laughs) I would go around and it was like, all the other kids were trying to hook up with each other. I'm talking about like middle school, high school, you know, like they were. They were all trying to make out and all that kind of stuff. And I was just walking around being like, how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? And I was just doing it. And that was like my way of impressing people. So the other boys were trying to sleep with the girls. And I was just like, want to talk about Pied Piper and his pack of pickled peppers? (laughs) That's why I wasn't having any sex in high school, by the way, because I was just doing tongue twisters. That was like, that was my, that was my cocaine. That was my drug of choice in high school. It was like, I just want to do some tongue twisters and red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Like, I wasn't even a theater kid either, by the way. Like, a lot of people, you're out there listening and you're thinking, oh, he was a theater kid. Nope, I wasn't. I was just a tongue twister kid. <laughs> I was also a student council kid. I was class president. And so I loved, like, a leadership sort of opportunity. And I feel like I loved an icebreaker activity. And those were icebreaker activity adjacent. You know, the tongue twisters were icebreaker adjacent. And so I think that's why I loved I loved it. And so that's why I'm relating to Jennifer's kids and the woodchucks chucking wood. And speaking of sex and chucking wood, what was my nickname in high school after an unfortunate accidental boner in Spanish class when the teacher let us watch a Ricky Martin video in Espanol? But that's neither here nor there. The point is, Margaret and Jennifer met to bury the hatchet. And on The Real Houses in New Jersey, this is my only franchise where I actually like when the women are a little bit lighter and breezier. I think because Jersey, they tend to fight a lot. There's a lot of arguing going on. And so I like when everyone 
things like a little bit looser, a little bit nicer. And I was happy to see Jennifer and Margaret make up, apologize to each other, and seemingly move on. Although it wasn't, uh, it wasn't before they were talking about all the infidelity and the rumors going around. And Jennifer tried to squeak out a tear. Margaret tried to hold her hand, sort of. No tear ended up coming. And uh, while this was all happening, it was a very intense conversation about Bill's infidelity and these rumors. And Margaret was saying, I went through this too. And when Margaret sat down, she ordered a black coffee. And I was a little a bit bewildered because normally Margaret orders a nice coffee. We've seen her make a nice coffee a hundred times. And she ordered a black coffee. And I was like, this is not the Margaret I know. Well, it wasn't until she pulled out of her purse a Coffee Mate Snickers Creamer. That's right, a Coffee Mate Snickers creamer. She pulled out of her purse in the middle of this intense conversation about infidelity with the friend of the show. And I immediately, immediately took to Instagram, and I don't like to reach out to these women all the time. I Sometimes, every once in a while, I feel the need to have to DM them or something. But for the most part, I do try to keep my distance a little bit. You know, I don't want to get too close to the women. I don't want to get too... Uh, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to blur the lines. I don't want to blur the lines, so I try to keep my distance. But every once in a while, I got to hop in the DMs, and so I did immediately go to Margaret's DM and I said, "What's going on with this coffee mate creamer?" And I hope I'm not. I hope I'm not speaking out of turn, or I hope she doesn't get mad at me for announcing this on the podcast. But I did reach out and I said, "Did they make you hold that coffee mate creamer?" Because the label was to the camera. And also, it felt like product placement, but it wasn't product placement in the traditional sense. I thought Coffee Mate, if they were to pay for a product placement, I think it would have been more obvious. And although it was obvious, it didn't make sense because it wasn't part of the restaurant. I don't know. Am I making sense? Like, I think if they paid for the sponsorship, they would have had it at Margaret's house. They wouldn't have had her bring a Coffee Mate creamer. Snickers flavor, by the way, I think also if they paid for it, they would have used the hazelnut or one of the other more classic flavors. And I'm a coffee mate connoisseur, and even I haven't tried the Snickers, but I'm immediately going to the grocery store as soon as we're done here. Pick up the Snickers coffee mate creamer. Uh, so I think that I reached out to her and I said, was this was this a paid sponsorship for Bravo? And she said, no, she's just obsessed with coffee mate creamer and brought it in her purse. She told me that, and it made me so excited, and I haven't been liking Margaret. You know, I've been saying on this show, I don't like the way that she's spreading the rumors about Jen. I feel like she's stirring the pot a little too much, and so I haven't been liking her. But then, lo and behold, she brings a Coffee Mate Snickers creamer in her purse in the middle of the scene, takes it out and pours it while they're talking about infidelity rumors. And right like that, I was back on board. And just like that, I was back on board. By the way, and just like that, got picked up for season two. Lots of news going on. That was breaking news too, wasn't it? <laughs> it's breaking news. And just like that's coming back for season two. Jay Diaz, I hope you're lacing up the sneaks. Get ready back in front of the red light for the camera because uh, we got a lot to a lot to do in season two, and I'm hopeful in season two they'll give us more of what we want and less of what we don't want. And I hope that they'll fix all the problems. The season, uh, original run of Sex and the City didn't really get good until season two. Anyway, so I'm hopeful. And just like that, uh, it comes back with a vengeance. I'm excited for it. Uh, but what were we talking about? Oh, Margaret's coffee creamer. Oh, then the coffee creamer just literally like disappeared. I was like, where did the fuck the bottle go? 
And I have some questions about the logistics. I haven't asked Margaret about this, but did she just come straight there? And was it, it must have still been cold. Or I suppose Coffee Mate Creamer is all, it's all just chemicals. It's not even really creamer or anything. I don't think there's probably any dairy in it. It's just like rat tails and pickle juice. So they probably don't have to refrigerate it all the time. You could probably just carry it in your bucket. And I was just traveling. I was at the hotels. And some of the hotels that I stayed at over the book tour, some of them had the Coffee Mate creamers in the little packets. And so I wonder if you – I literally thought when I was at the hotels, I was like, do they not have to refrigerate these? Or are these bad or what? But they weren't cold. So I guess you don't even have to put in the refrigerator. By the way, speaking of the book tour, I haven't told you guys this. Maybe I have told you this. But everything uh, iconic listeners, I have some very big news. I did mention it on the Summer House recap, but I know probably not everyone listened to that one. But my book, How Do I Unremember This, debuted at number five. Number five on the New York Times bestseller list. Now, that is huge. And I'm so grateful to everyone who's read it and reading it and buying it and spreading the word with friends. Number five on the print hardcover list. Number six on the print and ebook combined list. And it was a USA Today bestseller. It was a Publishers Weekly bestseller. Like this all blew my mind. I cried. Matt cried when we got the news. I mean, it was like, I can't even believe it. Never in my wildest dreams. Of course, I was excited for y'all to get the book and read the book, but I didn't think number five on New York Times bestseller list. It blew my mind. I couldn't believe it. Number five. Number five. Honestly, I, it, it, I'm so grateful. And for a book that a lot of, publishers turned down and said that people wouldn't read because a lot of the publishers I went to, they were saying, you should do a housewives book. And I thought, no, I think people would like this book and I think I could make it really good and all this stuff. And now for it to be embraced so much by you all and New York Times bestseller number five. I mean, I can't even believe it. I, my, I can't even believe it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. And please pick it up. I think it's a good book and people seem to be really loving it. And so thank you. If you can rate and review it wherever you bought it, if you like it, that'd be great. And spread the word. There's an audiobook. There's a hardcover. There's an ebook. Uh, and that hardcover book's number five on the New York Times bestseller list. Okay. Uh, what else do we got to talk about? Should we take our break here and then we'll come back and we'll talk more Jersey? We just are barely scratching the surface with Jersey. And then we got to talk about Orange County. Oh, we have so much to talk about. Okay, let's take a break here. I want to thank ACAST for all episodes of Everything Iconic. Go to ACAST.com slash Everything Iconic. We'll be right back. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. 
That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everything iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everything iconic. And we're back. By the way, The Real House is in New York. I've been trying to think of my perfect cast for it. And I think I'm landing on, I want to see Luann in the legacy one. I want to see Luann. I want to see Sonia. I want to see Dorinda. I like a Tinsley return. I would love it if Carol Radziwill came back. I think we also need to see an appearance from Jules. That's six. Now, Jill Zarin, I want as a friend of. I don't know that I want Jill Zarin full time, uh, but I would like her. Uh, who am I missing? That's already seven people. I want to see. Uh, did I say Tinsley? We need Tinsley back. Did I mention Dale? Oh, you guys, this is too hard. There's too many people. Aviva Drescher. We got to get Aviva Drescher back. She threw a leg on camera. Uh, we got to get her back, don't we? I mean, what? There's going to be too many people. There's just too many people. I'm going to need a cast of 12 for this new series because I can't. We're not getting Bethany back. I would love to see Bethany return, but there's no way she's coming back. But basically, I'd want everyone else. <laughs> need Alex McCord. Ah, oh, Jules. I need the Jules. Uh, Kristen Takeman. I'm curious what's going on with that man uh, that she is married to that we all hated. The, didn't he have an energy drink? And Arhala Thompson. I felt like Arhala Thompson didn't get a proper return, so maybe need her back. I need Ray to show up. Of course, Ray, remember that a man that Luann slept with? And he's like, Who, how do you know, you bitch? We're going to need Tom D'Agostino appearance. We're going to need a Harry appearance, Harry Dubin. There's just too many people. There's Cindy Barshop. Did I mention Cindy Barshop? I need her. Take it off your head, Jill. I'm going to need that on camera. <sighs> I'm sorry. I, I thought I'd come back and I'd have it narrowed down to seven, but there's no way I can do that. No way. For the most part, I want them all to pop in. Uh, okay, what else is going on here? The Real House is in New Jersey. Oh, so I loved this connecting moment between Margaret and Jen. Jen did imply that Teresa was the one who made her call around uh, to Tenafly, which they keep mentioning Tenafly. They keep saying Tenafly. Margaret's like, did you call my friend a Tenafly? Who told you to call a Tenafly? Did you call a Tenafly? I called my friend a Tenafly. And they just keep mentioning Tenafly. I've never heard of this city in my whole life. And now I feel like Tenafly is all I'm thinking about. It's just playing in my head. Margaret saying, Tenafly, called my friend a Tenafly. And now I want to know, where is Tenafly? Let's take the gals there. I think they may have already taken a trip to Tenafly, but I need to see it again now that I am thinking about Tenafly. Anyway, Jennifer implied that Teresa was the one who had her call around Tenafly and asked the questions about Jackie and Evan and the cheating rumors. 
So look, I am excited for Jen to get, she's so vulnerable this season. I want the women to embrace her, especially because she's going through this hard time. And we've got moments of that with Jen embracing her. And even later in this episode, Melissa sort of pulled her aside at the ropes course and was like, I'm here for you. But I thought that was bad acting, wasn't it? Like Melissa wasn't being serious. She was lying to her face. And she was trying to be nice because she felt like she should and had to. And I suppose that is, it makes you a decent person. But I still wish they would all embrace Jen. I think they're being too tough on her. And I like Jen. I like Jen. Although I'm a little concerned because Jen seemed to be turning on Teresa later in the episode. She said in the confessional, she's like, yeah, I wish Teresa would have backed me up a little bit. But then even Jen got scared as she was starting to say that. And then she's kind of, she flipped again. She's like, but Teresa and I connect on being old school. You know, they keep saying that old school. And I don't know, I'm sensing a little crack in the relationship between Jen and Tree. And uh, I don't know where we go from here. I don't know where we go from here. Then we see Dolores and Frank Sr. They're shopping. Dolores is showing off the midriff. She said she got some surgery and she's showing off the midriff. So good for her. Meanwhile, Tracy, the friend of, is playing on a ropes course. And I'm very excited. You know, I don't like when they repeat stuff on this show. I hate when they... Uh, do the goat yoga. I hate when we always are going to the axe throwing and I hate all that stuff when they're just repeating the same thing over and over again. But for some reason, the ropes course to me, it's separate. The ropes course, I'm all in. They could do it on every show. I don't get tired of it. I loved seeing it on the Real Houses of Orange County and now I'm loving it on Jersey. So if anything, give me more ropes course. I want to see the Miami women on a ropes course. I want to see Alexia yelling at Marisol on a ropes course. I want to see uh, Salt Lake City Heather Gay on a ropes course. I want to see them all on a fucking rope teaching each other. Uh, that, I think, also goes back to my student council le- leadership days, which, by the way, student council, when I was in high school, we used to call it Stuco, and that's <laughs> Stuco. That was like the nickname for it. And also, I got a letter for student council. You know how a lot of the other people in school would get a letter for football and basketball and all that stuff? I definitely got a letter for student council. And so, if you were wondering what I was like in high school, that's it. I was doing, I was doing tongue twisters, getting boners in Spanish class, and I was running the student council. That was it. That was it. That was about it. It's crazy as I got. Anyway, uh, I'd like to see ropes courses on every single franchise. Meanwhile, then we cut to Jackie and Evan. Now, Jackie, she's not listening. She went to that place because she needs to get her eating disorder under control. I've been so proud of her. And it was, it was hard for me to watch her say that she didn't want to do the full program that they were suggesting she do. They said that she needs to go away for so many days or weeks or I forget how long it was. And she's like, I can't. I got kids. And then, the other option was to go and come in a few times a week or something like that. She said, no, I got kids. And Evan is encouraging her. He seems like such a gentleman. He's saying, no, I think you need to listen to the professionals. You need to do what they say. And this is for a long-term thing. And I love him for saying this. And I hope that she's taking this in. And I hope that she is. We just want her to get long-term help because we love you and support you. And we want best for the long term. Anyone out there who's struggling with the eating disorder, I hope that you're watching this and it's encouraging you to get the help you need. And 
you know, sometimes those things in the short term that seem overwhelming, those are the most important for long term, right? And it always goes back to, I always think about how my mom's a people pleaser, Linda Pellegrino. She's always worried about everyone else. Dan, I got to worry. What are they thinking? I got to worry about them. She's always concerned about that. And I always say to her, Ma, you need to worry about yourself so that long term you can worry about other people, right? You need to take care of your own self so that down the road, you can have the strength and capabilities to take care of all these other people that are relying on you. And I say that to her because also I'm morphing into Linda Pellegrino, and I tend to be that way too. I'm a people pleaser. I would always put somebody else's needs in front of my own, and I know that's not good long term. And it's not really a selfless thing because it just means that you're not going to be able to help people in the long run because you're going to be a fucking mess. Do you get what I mean? Get what I mean? My mom called me too. She was so excited about New York Times bestseller. Dan, you made New York Times. I don't know what that means, but I'm excited, Dan. <laughs> My dancer, an author. She kept saying over the phone. Oh, Linda. Okay, so what are we talking else about here? Um, so we want uh, Jackie to get the help she needs. Melissa and Joe, they talk about the football practice thing. You know how I feel about that. I was pissed that they took Antonia out of school. And uh, they're prioritizing little boys' football practice over Antonia. Justice for Antonia. Justice for Antonia. Then we cut to Jen and Bill. Jen says she's happy Bill stuck up for her at the boys' night because all she wants for is him to engage. And you got to be ride or die for your partner. And this is another life lesson for us all. The life lessons sneak in here on The Housewives. If you're in a relationship, you got to make sure that your partner is your number one. And when it comes to Matt and I, I will defend him till the death in public, right? I will... It, you, I would defend him to the death. And then when I get home, I'll say, Matt, what the fuck are you doing? Like that's, that's when you lay into your partner, when you're in the privacy of your own home. But when you're in public, you ride or die for each other in a way that's not healthy. You Bonnie and Clyde for each other. And that's when I see housewives do it, it makes me happy. And sometimes the other women will judge them for it. But I think that's the most important part of relationship. You got to be your, each other's number one. And then, of course, if you disagree with them, you let them have it when you're in the privacy of the doors closed and the garage door shut. That was another thing Linda Pellegrino taught me as a young boy. Whenever her and my dad would fight, she'd always worry about closing the garage. That's my mom, they would be in the biggest fight. Like in the midst of a biggest fight, they would just be yelling and my mom would be like, close the garage. We got to close the garage. And it always would let the air out of the tires of the fight, you know, because... I don't care what you're fighting about. If you're in the middle of an argument and the person is only concerned about shutting the garage, then it just takes the air out of the tires. So it's a good tip for all of us. If you're fighting with a spouse at home, I don't care if it's over something serious like an infidelity, uh, like here on The Real House in New Jersey, or if it's about something little about like who let out the trash can or something like that or emptying the dishwasher. If you're in the midst of a fight, just think of me saying, check the garage door. And that will take all the air out and you excuse yourself in the middle of the fight, say, I got to go close the garage. Hopefully, if you live in an apartment or something, I'm sorry, this is only for people who are homeowners. But just say in the middle of the fight to your partner, to your girlfriend, boyfriend, whoever, say, I got to go shut the garage. Because Danny said in the middle of the fight, I need to make sure the garage is shut. Even if it's shut, say you need to go check on it. And that's what Linda Pellegrino used to do. It would diffuse the fight in a minute, in a New York minute. Because what you can't fight when somebody's leaving to go shut the garage. And also, it's such an insane excuse because otherwise, if you're fighting, you might say, I need a little space. But that's more emotionally loaded, right? If your significant other says, oh, I'll be right back. I got to go. I need some emotional space. But if you just say, I need to go make sure the garage is shut, 
then it's pretty bare bones and it just diffuses everything. So that's a tip. That's a tip. You know, sometimes I'm here giving relationship advice that's unasked for. Uh, but let's see what else is happening. Margaret and Jackie. Margaret says she doesn't want to push Jackie with the eating disorder stuff, but she is worried. And so we're just hoping and praying that uh, Jackie gets all the help she needs. Then we see Dolores and Jen uh, and Teresa shows up. And this is when Teresa says she's pissed at Tracy Barber. She's pissed. She's wearing a hat. I was really focused on the hat work that Teresa was doing. Uh, but Dolores' mom is in the ICU. Teresa says she likes when people are in the ICU because they watch them more. And that was something I wasn't expecting to hear on the show, but it's something that they said. And so uh, Teresa wearing the hat. She says she's pissed at Tracy. She says she's going to knock her off the tree. Teresa's ready to fight. She's ready to throw down, throw some arms, and she's pissed. She's pissed at Tracy, and Tracy better watch her back. She better watch her back because Teresa's coming. And you don't want to get on Teresa's bad side. She'll throw a table or a drink. She'll do whatever she's got to She'll throw you off the tree if she's got to do that. Whatever she's got to do, she's going to throw you, throw something. She's got those strong arms. Teresa, no one's got a stronger arm than Teresa. Flip a table, flip a drink, flip a person off a tree. Uh, one tree hill, they're going to throw you right off it. One tree hill, off that one tree hill. Did anyone watch one? I didn't watch One Tree Hill. It was sort of like a, a pop culture blind spot for me. Anyway, I should watch One Tree Hill. I don't know. How did we get here? Okay, then we cut to uh, Treescape, which is the, I like that it was called Treescape. You know, it was like a little tree pun, sort of. And it's the or uh, the ropes course they go to that they make them all do. Tracy set it up, even though she's not a main cast member. Apparently, she was supposed to be a main cast member, and then the producers decided she, she was such a flop that they... <laughs> they did which makes me sad i feel bad for her i feel bad because she filmed apparently as a main housewife and then they were like "Uh uh-uh we just kidding it's like remember on dallas when that woman with the red hair like filmed and then they basically cut out all of her audio she was in the background of every scene last season and yet she had nothing to do they just cut around her and it's like that would be so uh, so embarrassing because you film you think you did all this stuff and they're like just kidding you're done uh, okay, so what else is happening here? Dolores, oh, this was interesting. So all the women are basically now throwing Teresa under the bus, and Dolores is starting to side with the other women, and she looks like she's about to short circuit because she didn't know who to defend. She didn't know if she would defend Jen or she should defend Margaret or Tracy or Teresa. Normally, Dolores, I feel like, knows what she's got to say and do. But in this moment, I could see Dolores's face. She was going to short circuit because she didn't know where she stood. She was kind of noticing that all the women were turning on Teresa, I think. It was fascinating to watch. And then Dolores said to Tracy, Tracy, she's coming after you today. She's coming in hot, just so you know. But I think Dolores is even confused. Where does she go from here? Then we cut to Melissa and Jen talking. Uh, Melissa sort of apologizes. Jen sort of apologizes. They make up. I like the vulnerableness in Jersey when they're vulnerable. I don't always need Jersey to be operating at a 10. I sometimes like when they're just vulnerable. And then that's when Teresa arrives with her workout gear and she's like, I'm going to throw you all off this tree. I'm not in a good mood. I love just arriving somewhere and saying, I'm not in a good mood. Like that's, (laughs) that's just letting someone know I'm not in a good mood. Not in a good mood. And meanwhile, a bug flew in Dolores' eye. And Margaret says, oh, the bugs are all around here. They, She says, Teresa, you better watch your lips. And Teresa's already pissed. And I thought, Margaret, why would you say that to her? Because she's already come in and hot. And now you said a bug's going to fly in the lips. And Teresa doesn't understand that. She just said, why are you talking about my lips? You got a problem with my lip gloss? <sighs> then they split the women up. Teresa just 
flat out refuses to do the ropes course, which I loved. She's like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing any of this. I'm not interested. And to be honest, I wouldn't want to be enemies with any of these women. There was a moment where I think Dolores and Jackie were talking about, I wouldn't want to get on Margaret's bad side, and I don't want to get on any of their bad sides. I feel like they all, I wouldn't want to get on, I wouldn't want to fuck with the Jersey women. I wouldn't want to fuck with the Jersey women. I'm just saying, sometimes on this podcast, I think, "Uh uh-oh, I hope they're not going to get mad at me. I don't know who's going to get mad at me. And the Jersey, sometimes, I don't even want to tweet about Jersey anymore because you send one tweet. I tweet about the coffee, mate, and people are yelling about this side and that side. I'm like, I'm just talking about coffee, mate. You know, it gets really intense in Jersey, even in the fan base. And so, uh, again, I need us to all go check on the garage door because it seems like tensions are too high, even with the fan base of Jersey. I need us to all kind of like loosen up a little bit and have a little more fun with the show because it does suck some of the fun out of watching. It happens with all of the franchises, but I find that Jersey gets a little more intense. Beverly Hills can be that way too, I think. But the Jersey fan base is like, we need to have more fun with the show. This is a fun, silly show about women, groups of women who aren't friends with each other. And it's about the drama and all sorts of stuff. And of course, there are serious issues, and I don't want to just make too much light of it. But I just, I hope that we can have a little more fun with that. And so if you find yourself on social media during the episodes or when you're watching with a group of friends or in the group text or something, you're finding yourself getting so worked up, just go check on the garage door. Just check on the garage door, loosen up a little bit, and let's have some fun. Let's have a gay old time watching. This is a show once where a woman flipped a table, so we need to have a good time. Okay, so then uh, I wouldn't, I I said that after I said I wouldn't want to be enemies with any of these people. Oh, then Margaret and Teresa said about each other that they both look like shit, and we get it to be continued. To be continued. Uh, This was a, a warranted to be continued in my eyes, actually. It was. Okay, should we talk about the Real Houses of Orange County? Should we dive right into that? I mean, I feel like we're 46 minutes into this podcast, and now we're just getting to Orange County. Uh, there is one thing I want to say about Orange County before we get into it. It's that it's the anniversary this past week of when the show premiered. I think it was 16 years ago or something like that. The Real Houses of Orange County premiered. So I thought it was important that we take a look back at one of my favorite moments, the very first soundbite that we heard, I think... Unofficially, I think this was the first soundbite we heard on The Real Houses of Orange County. Thought I'd play it for you all uh, this episode. Take take a listen. I don't want to get old. <laughs> that was our dear Vicki Gunvalson, the OG of the OC, who she's someone I actually don't really want back on the show, but I do think that they need Tamara back. I'm sorry. I know, again, that's not a popular... Every time I say that, you guys yell at me in the DMs. You just yell at me and say, how dare you? But it's how I feel. And again, I don't know. And Vicky, I'd like to see her pop in and out, but I don't know that we need Vicky back full time. Uh, but I am grateful for Vicky's uh, contributions to this franchise and her original tagline, I don't want to get old. I don't want to get old. That's what I mean. I feel that way. When I heard that it was 16 years old since it premiered, I thought, I don't want to get old. 16 years is a lot of time. I feel like, where did that time go? Where did it go? And now we've come so far from that original show. I mean, we're not even in the same vicinity anymore. We're watching Casita get an exorcism. I'm like, what? She got an exorcism. The episode was called The Exorcism of Gina. And I just, uh, what was Casita doing when she, she invited Hip over and some woman who was doing some space work as if she was in a Groundlings improv class and taking ghosts out and then throwing them out the window. 
And I just don't know what was happening. That was a real low point to this show. And I have to, I have to hand it to Casita because she finally hosted a cast event at her own house. And I think this is the very first time that she's ever hosted a cast event. And there was a moment when she was fighting with Shannon where Shannon said, I always invite you to things and you never invite me to anything. Now here's the realty. This is what they were actually fighting about is that Shannon was saying, you never have an all cast event. In the history of you're joining the show, you've never thrown a party for this show. And Shannon saying, I've always invited you to my parties and I've thrown a bunch of parties. And yet Casita hasn't thrown not a one until I think this episode. There might have been like a kid's birthday party or something. But for the most part, Casita hasn't done one thing, which shocks me from a production level because I can't even believe that production. I, I'm often, I'm often bewildered, befuddled, uh, sh- amazed that Hip and Casita have lasted this long, particularly knowing that Casita's never thrown a cast event with the whole crew. So I can only imagine production would be pissed about that because they have to have events on these shows and they have one full-time cast member who's been around for four years that's never thrown an event. So, I mean, Casita must be a really nice person to the cast and crew because otherwise I wouldn't imagine the crew would want to keep her around because what does she bring into the show in terms of, in terms of setting, in terms of... Do you get what I'm saying? And I like Casita. I'm just saying that to me would be a friend of. Wouldn't you make her a friend of if somebody's never thrown a cast event? Uh, But again, I like her and I'm happy she's finally thrown a cast event for that skincare line, which I don't know about that skin. Do we really need the skincare line? Is that mean of me? I mean, I hate to say that. I don't want to say that it's one of the worst skincare lines that we've seen on this show. I don't want to say that. But I might have just implied it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I probably, I haven't tried it. I haven't tried it. What do I know? Maybe it's a great product. I mean, she's, Casita's got great skin. It looks, she looks wonderful, but I just never thought, I never, I never associated Casita with skincare. I associated her with the small house or with, I don't know. That's about it. The Long Island accent, Long Island iced tea. I would have loved some sort of Long Island iced tea mix or something like that, that I would have never actually drank or purchased. But I just was surprised skincare, it just doesn't scream skincare. And even Ramona Singer, forget how you feel about Ramona Singer, but she did look ageless for a lot of seasons on The Real Houses of New York. So skincare, to me, really actually made sense for Ramona. But here on Orange County, I'm like, skincare? And then also, did I miss something? Did they explain the name? Uh, did they explain Caragala? Caragala? I don't, I didn't understand. I, again, I might have missed that. Maybe there's some beautiful hidden meaning about that, but I just was so confused about Caragala. I was like, what is that? And then that doesn't scream skincare to me. And I'm not uh, some marketing expert. You know, I'm not Bethany Frankel here. I'm not skinny girl mogul. I'm just saying, as someone who's watched every episode of every one of these franchises and seen countless businesses come and go, I feel like I at least have sort of a good eye of what we want and what we don't want. I, To me, in the great uh, history of the Housewife businesses, I love a Kathy Wakili cannoli. To me, that made sense. It's like, oh, she seemed like a warm Italian mother, and she's selling cannoli kits. That felt right. Okay, even it's still sticking in Jersey, Teresa's... Uh, cookbooks, those made sense to me. She's an Italian woman. We've seen cook a bunch on the show. She's doing cookbooks. That makes sense. And then other times, I'm like, what's going on? Kristen Takeman, Papa Color, right? Per- Kristen Takeman, remember Bethany sat her down and was like, uh, you can't call something POC. That stands for personal color. And she's like, no, it's Papa Color. And everyone's like, no, that's, you know, you should call it literally anything else. Literally anything else. 
And so we have some businesses that work, some that don't work. And I have always been a proponent of Miami Housewives. I once bought Mama Elsa coffee. This was back in season two of The Real House of Miami. Mama Elsa, Maricel's mom, was selling Cuban coffee, and I ordered it. It never arrived. I had to get a refund ultimately, but I did order it. To me, that made sense because Mama Elsa, I don't know, a Cuban coffee, it seemed right. It seemed right. But Casita now doing the skincare, I just don't know. I mean, it's also the same with Shannon doing the Orange County women. They need someone, a marketing genius to get in there. Somebody needs to have a talk. Bethany needs to do a TED talk to the Orange County women because I also don't understand Shannon when she was doing the cream cheese filled salmon. Nobody wanted that frozen salmon. I'm sorry. And I've talked about her, whatever that was in the past, her frozen meals. And I just don't think any housewife should do a frozen shipped meal. I'm sorry. No one should. No, I don't care if it's cream cheese salmon or anything else. I don't want a frozen meal delivery from a housewife, okay? It's too precious. And it made no fucking sense. And then she was also doing like, what was that? The lemon waters? I think she's still doing that. That doesn't make any sense. Of course, I know her as lemon, but that didn't make lemon water. I don't understand the Orange County. What are these women? At least Vicky was always doing insurance, so it made sort of sense. She's always sold insurance since we met her. So it was like, okay, I get that she's selling life insurance. That makes sense. But Casita now doing the skincare. I don't understand that. I just think somebody needs to, and I, look, I got to think more about it of what I think she should do. I, I don't know. Hip, at least hip. Maybe I could picture something, a dance routine. Maybe hip should do like, I, I've been in this sort of Richard Simmons talk show phase where I've been on YouTube watching old Richard Simmons clips on his talk show appearances and maybe I'd like someone to take the throne of Richard Simmons because he hasn't put out one of those sweating to the oldies. Maybe we could do like a hip sweating, you know, some for your rehabilitation. You know, I've been doing some uh, personal, um, I've been doing some rehab on my shoulders since I had the torn rotator cuff. And so maybe there's some sort of dance video that hip does for, for, I don't know. I, I'm spitballing here. I, we all need to just sit and think about it, but somebody needs to come into Orange County and just give them a lesson for business advice, because I just, I don't know. And I'm not the person to give it either, because I don't fucking know. I got a podcast for a living. Okay. I'm just saying somebody's got to step in. Even Heather Dubrow, who's the richest one over there. I don't understand some of the businesses she's doing. And she was mad this episode. She was pissed that Shannon didn't call to like check out on her podcast performance or something. And I was like, Heather, <laughs> I'm so stupid. I don't expect my friends to call me and be like, hey, Danny, how did your podcast taping go? Like, it's a weird thing to say to your friend. And by the way, I just have to reiterate that her and Shannon aren't friends. They're pretend friends on this TV show. So Shannon's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was on Team Shannon that one. I'm more and more Team Shannon, even though I hate that woman. Uh, what else do we have to talk about? Oh, I think we need to point out Casita's blazer. She had that blazer, and I didn't talk about it last week on the show because, I'll be honest, I didn't even notice it. But a lot of you reached out to me with screen grabs of Casita sitting in that blazer, and it sort of went above her shoulders. I don't know how to explain it. But the blazer was, it did sort of give her this like hunchback, which I don't think she has a hunchback. But it was just sort of give it, it gave it to her. And I'm going to stick up for Casita because I like that she's taking chances with her style. She did it on the reunion. She wore the the upcoming reunion. She wears like sort of a pantsuit with the, the crop top. And I like that she's taking a chance and she's a beautiful woman and she's figuring it out. And I think she's actually getting a lot right. Not all right, but she's getting a lot right. And so I like the blazer. It didn't work great, but I like that she's taking the chance. Does that make sense? So if you haven't watched, go back and watch, just see the blazer sort of sitting on her. It wasn't sitting right. Maybe needed to be 
needed to be uh, tailored or something. But she's taking chances and she's gorgeous. Looks better than ever, Casita. I feel like I talk too much shit about Casita because I really love her. Uh, and I love that she's not given in with Shannon. Shannon keeps saying you need to put a pin in it with the ego. And I was so happy that somebody finally pointed out that like that's not what put a pin in it means. Like putting a pin in it means like we're going to shelve this conversation for a moment and we'll come back to it. And she keeps saying we got to put a pin in that ego. I don't understand. Then, oh, Shannon's boyfriend, I forget his name, but he was also doing it too much because after the Shannon and Gina fight, he was just laying it on so thick. He's like, who the fuck does she think she is? We're done with her. Done. The fuck does she think she is? He kept shouting at Shannon and Shannon wasn't even that upset. And I was like, this man needs to cool it. He was trying to get an orange in the opening credits. Was his name John or Terry? I can't remember his name. He's not, remember they tried to make the, the men happen on the show and it just didn't happen. Uh, but so I, I can't be bothered to remember his name, but he was doing way too much, way too much. He needs to step back, cool it. And Shannon did squeak out a tear because he was doing so much acting. And I think she was crying over the fact that she was ended up with this man who was like making a big deal on camera. Cause if I was on the house, I wouldn't want my significant, I wouldn't want the man in my life to even do anything, which by the way, I got to say, we, I know we're done with New Jersey. But I don't really quite understand why Louis decided to do the show because I think Teresa would have been fine if Louis didn't sign on. So I just wish that he didn't sign on. And it seems like he's got so many skeletons in the closet. And I kept thinking this week, I'm like, why the fuck is Louis even signed a contract for the show? Why did Teresa let him sign a contract? That all, that's the biggest red flag to me because Teresa would have been fine. She's got the daughters. She's got Melissa and Joe and that situation. Like Bravo wouldn't have gotten rid of her if Louis didn't sign on. They might have told her that in contract negotiations, but I believe that to be a lie. Uh, so I think that it seems stupid because all of it could have been avoided. If, I, these men don't have to go on the show. And I would never, I would never, I mean, Matt would never go on a reality show with me anyway, but I would never want my significant other. Never. I don't care. The deal with the devil for that is just, it's just, cause so many fights, I would be just arguing. If I was sitting down like Shannon and the guy when he was making the big scene, I would just be like, oh, it like made me cringe so much. I'm like, oh, this is too much. This guy's doing way too much. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Uh, Noella and Heather obviously have some cracks in their foundation not working out. Noella, I felt bad. The the father died. They had a fraught relationship. Uh, Hip and Casita, I, did we, we already sort of talked about this. Gina said she was being haunted, so they were doing some sort of ghost busting. And then this woman, Shauna, showed up, and she loosens the ghost from Casita's body and then threw it out the window. And I don't know what was happening. Uh, she kept saying, look at her eyes. They're more clear, she said about Casita after... They did the exorcism, and Hip is just there like, okay, like, cool. It was all very scary. I didn't understand what was happening. I mean, that was a real low point. I think that was when I started to fall asleep. Uh, and then we're doing a cast trip to Aspen. They want to get to somewhere cold. They were like, oh, it's not good in warm weather. And, oh, no, this was when I paused. So I was wide awake during the exorcism. I just want to... I want to clear that up. I didn't fall asleep during the ghost busting. I was wide awake when Casita got ghost busted. But then I started to fall asleep when we cut to Jen's office. Heather showed up and she was talking about something like she did boxing and the arms got red or something. I was like, oh, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel. And then uh, that was when I paused and realized we're halfway through. And Emily reveals she's doing a wedding photo redo instead of a vow renewal, which I guess good for her. Good for her. Uh, then we, Noella deals with that stuff. We see Gina and Tatiana. Tatiana's the one hosting the skincare line. And I know I talked all that shit about the skincare, but maybe it's good anti-aging or something. I mean, all of us, none of us want to get old. I don't want to get old. So maybe, <laughs> I do want to point out I love Gina's parents. Love them. Love them. I think the problem I'm having with Orange County is just no, I'm not feeling a spark. I'm not feeling a spark. I sort of enjoy some of the women. Uh, individually and stuff, but I'm not feeling the spark and I need a spark, need a spark. Uh, Heather reveals that she's going on a Cabo trip with Harry or what's What did I call him? Terry. <laughs> what if it was Heather and Harry? No, it's Heather and Terry and they're going to Cabo. And I just want to point out the sentence that Heather said, she said, we're just going to Rancho Relaxo. That was tough to hear when she said, we're just going to Rancho Relaxo. It was a quick sentence, and I just, I had trouble with it. Oh, and then I also had trouble, Shannon was at the bar, and she, I don't think Shannon even knew she was on camera. I think she was just at, uh, she was getting a piece of cheese, and Heather walks up to her on camera and says, you need to put the cheese down. And then she did that annoying laugh, and Shannon was ready to swing because she was eating a piece of cheese. And I'm sorry, I don't care if you're saying it as a joke or not. If you walk up to me on camera while I'm sticking a piece of cheese in my mouth and tell me that I need to put down the cheese, I'm going to fuck you up. I don't, I'm don't. i not normally someone who promotes violence. You know, I do not promote violence. I do not promote uh, – I do not want anyone to get violent out there. However – if you walk up to me on camera while I got a piece of cheese in my mouth and say I need to put the cheese down, that's when I might get violent. Or at the very least, I'm going to get pissed verbally. I'm going to get pissed verbally because it's not acceptable on camera to say that. Oh, I'd be so fucking pissed. And Shannon was ready to swing, and I'm proud of Shannon. That's when I really turned and got on Team Shannon because Shannon, I felt bad for her. I thought, absolutely not. Nobody should say that to another woman on camera, another man, woman. I don't care who you are. You do not say put the cheese down. 
You don't ever tell me to put the fucking cheese down. I don't care if we're on camera or not. If I'm eating cheese in the privacy of my own home and you walk up to me and say, put the cheese down, uh uh-uh. No, I'm going to eat the cheese. I'll eat whatever fucking cheese I want, okay? I'm not harming anyone by eating a piece of cheese. And then you're going to sit and judge me for eating a piece of cheddar or Gouda or Munster, whatever it is. Uh Uh-uh. I love me some cheese. Love me some cheese. I tried recently to go to a vegan cheese shop because I kind of have, okay, so don't judge me or don't hold me to this, but I sort of have this uh, fantasy where I want to start eating vegan like at least one day a week. You know, just kind of dip my toe in because I do enjoy meat, but I want to, I want to be a better consumer, better person. You know, I'm, it's a goal of mine. It's a goal of mine to eat less meat. And I thought maybe I'll do like a one day a week, completely vegan thing. And I felt like that's doable place to start, right? And so I went to this cheese shop, and it's a vegan cheese shop. It's like a lot of cashew nut cheese. And I'm sorry, I'm not into nut cheese. I'm not into nut cheese. And certainly not when it's uh, made from a shop and it's something we're supposed to eat for vegan days. Uh, maybe I'm into it in another way. You know what I'm saying, ladies? Am I right? But I'm not into a nut cheese that we're selling at a store. And so I went and tried it, and it was not for me. It was not for me. And so I'm just, I don't know, maybe we could get some innovations. I like some of the Beyond Meats and some of that kind of stuff. Uh, but I'm not into the, I'm not into the nut cheeses. I just can't get on board. So maybe we need to get some scientific medical advances to God, do something there. Cause something needs to change with the nut cheeses. Uh, but I do want to, I'm trying. So if anyone has any good vegan recommendations here in Los Angeles or even in the grocery store, like if there's something that you think like a starter vegan would be into, cause I'm trying, I'm going to make an effort just one day a week and don't hold me to it. Cause I might change. Remember Portia on the Real House of Atlanta? She tried to be vegan for a minute and then she's eating chicken the next week. That might be me, but I am making a little effort, a little effort. And I hesitate to even say that because sometimes you say, that and now I hope everyone doesn't yell at me if they see me eating a chicken sandwich out in the public. But it's what it is. I'm trying. I'm trying. Okay, what else is going on? Did we talk about everything? I mean, everything's a flop. Uh, next time on the show, we get Aspen. Oh, that was when they ended it all weird. Again, everyone's celebrating Gina. Everyone's cheersing. Then the screen turns to black and white. And we get this really dramatic music. And it says five days later. And we see the women fighting. But it doesn't look like it's all from next week's episode. It feels like it's from a few episodes. It feels like it's from the next two or three episodes. But let me remind you, we already got that mid-season trailer a couple weeks back. And now we're getting another semi-mid-season trailer. That leads me to believe they know this is a flop. And you can all defend the show all you want. But I'm sorry that Bravo knows that was what they were telling us there. So you can all say, no, I'm liking this season. And you can lie to yourself. But even Bravo knows this is flops. So just, I want you, I want us to all be clear because I know sometimes you'll be in my DMs and you'll be saying, Danny, you're being too hard on Orange County. This is a good season. Well, let me tell you something. The people making it even believe that it's not a good season. Otherwise, they wouldn't have done that editing trick at the end of the episode with the dramatic music and the black and white and saying five days later. They don't do that unless they need to spice things up. So I'm there. No one's fooling me. They're not bamboozling me. I'm sorry. And by the way, I do think next season of Orange County will be really good. And I'm liking this more than last season. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I don't mean to be too mean. I'm just saying, do not try to bamboozle me because even they know that it's not good. Next week, we get the Aspen trip. Heather versus Noella. Shannon and Emily fighting. Noella fighting for her sanity. She's screaming at the lake or something. And uh, that's it, you guys. I love you all so much for listening. Uh, stay safe out there. We need to do our cheesy little cool down. Buy my book. Uh, number five on the New York, Tus- New York Times bestseller list and on the USA Today and Publisher Weekly list. Proud of it. Uh, okay, so let's do our cool down. Let's take a deep breath in. Hold it.
breathe out. I also want to remind everyone that I'm doing the bonus episodes over on Patreon. So if you want to hear my recaps of the original Sex in the City, they're over on Patreon, which is patreon.com slash everything iconic. And to access those, you just need to donate $4 or more per month. And I do one a month. And this past month, I did a recap with my uh, friend from college, my dear, dear friend. We've been friends for years and years and years. Her name is Michelle, and she's a Sex in the City super fan. So she joined me because this past month was a little extra hectic with the book tour and everything. So Michelle was kind enough to join me, and we had a great time. Uh, and then next month, I'll, I'll be solo again. But I hope to have more people. It was fun to have somebody to recap with. But uh, those Sex in the C- City recaps are really fun for me to do. So I hope you check it out. And uh, let's take another deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Now, I just want to leave us all by saying that uh, I hope that Johan and Francois from, of course, The Real Houses of New York, I mentioned Alex earlier in the podcast, and I just want to send my love out to those two Australian men because I feel like I'm curious what's going on with Alex and Simon, but more than that, I want to know that Francois and Johan are okay. And I know that they are because they have good parents. And so, yeah, just want to send my love to them. I want to wrap this up by just giving some, some kind, kind words to them. Oh, and also letting you guys know I'm on the Deep Dive podcast. So I've been on a bunch of podcasts lately. I'm on the Deep Dive with June Diane and Jessica St. Clair. They're both two hilarious women. It's out this week. So check that out. I was on Keep It podcast last week. Uh, I've been I've been trying to keep you all abreast uh, with the podcast, and you can follow me on social media at Danny Pellegrino. I try to post which ones I'm on, but uh, those two were last week. Okay, I love you all so much for listening. Bye bye. Mm-hmm.